I can imagine that there are certain people in their life relationally that have a hard time with how they are because holding the pose of that balanced charisma, Mm -hmm. if it feels natural, must be easy for that person. But Mm -hmm. to have people in your life, maybe these are toxic people Mm -hmm. who project onto your charisma, who Mm -hmm. aren't able to really metabolize that type of person. What do you suggest? Yes. So my highly empathetic feelers, my feelers, my sensitive feelers who are listening, this is a real problem for you. Because what happens is you'll have someone who's, okay, I'm on the charisma scale. I'm a little higher in warmth and that's where I am naturally. That's where I feel like my most authentic self. Yeah. But they're really empathetic. And so someone comes into their world, a partner, a best friend, a toxic person, and their empathy makes them match. So all of a sudden, their toxic boss or their toxic colleague who's super high in competence, you're like, I want to be like them. I want to honor them. And so your empathetic nature pushes you into an area that's inauthentic. You force yourself to try to match where they are. And then you're exhausted and burnt out and overwhelmed and stressed. You don't realize it. So I actually think it's like a superpower gone wrong. Mm. But highly empathetic people, they flex a lot in the charisma scale. So when we talk about this in the book, like you can flex with different people. You can match your partner to honor them. But my highly empathetic people, it's like a superpower that goes too far because you give up yourself. It's like you're putting your own needs aside because you're trying so hard to match them. I think that's a beautiful thing, but you have to find your end. You have to find your limit. And that takes some serious self-exploration. Yeah, it takes, I mean, first is like the awareness. When I realized that I did that, I was like, oh my God, that's where all of my energy is going. Mm. And that's why I feel such a, like I'm, Almost like leaving myself on a regular basis where I'm like, see you later. (laughs) Yeah, you literally leave me. Actually, there's cues that have to do with this. So let's get into like specifics of how this happens. Like when you're with someone, how does it happen? How do you leave yourself? Okay, so one, this study was so powerful for me because it made me realize what's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. What they found was if you are in a room and someone shows you a cue of social rejection, so a social rejection cue is could be nonverbal. So it could be an eye roll. It could be a distancing behavior. It could be a scoff. It could be a tone of voice. The dismissive tone of voice sounds like this. Um, I don't think so, right? Like we know that if our sister or our colleague says mm-hmm. that. So we hear or see a cue of social rejection. Immediately in our body, our field of vision increases. Like our pupils dilate so we can see more of our environment. That's, that was a huge aha moment for me because it realized, wow, the cues that someone else sends me, as small as a scoff, changes my own physiology because my body goes, uh-oh, someone doesn't like me. Someone just disapproved of me. I better see more of my environment. Where's my escape route? Are other people sending me cues of social rejection? What do I do next? Mm-hmm. And so the reason why you literally feel like you're leaving yourself is because your physiology has changed that we're constantly reading these cues and it's changing how our body's reacting, which is nuts. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I'm unsafe. I'm scanning the room. Yeah. I'm going to leave my body because it's unsafe. And because I either don't know what to do next or I'm just going to go into defensive. Okay. Right? So I think that, and this is depending on who, mm-hmm. what kind of person you are, if you see a cue of social rejection, you have two choices or three choices if you're really self-aware. Defensive, it's not me. It wasn't my fault. Don't, don't I didn't do it offensive, which is actually, I think what you said, you said, I get, I, I get critical, right? How dare you? How dare you say that? How dare you think that? It's your fault. Or you go it's introspective. Oh, what did I just see? Wow. 
why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to take a drink of water. We're going to do a different slide. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to regroup and decide what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. And that's the third option that I want people to take because I think what Matthew Lieberman at UCLA found is that uh, a negative cue, we spot it and it affects us. So like for what he did in his experiment is he brought people into his lab. He put them in fMRI machines. He scanned their brains and he showed them pictures of facial expressions. He found that when he showed people pictures of a fearful facial expression, so a fearful facial expression is when we widen our eyes up to the whites of our eye shows. You could actually, if you widen your eyes as wide as possible, you'll begin to feel anxious. Mm. So he showed people pictures of a fearful face. When he showed them pictures of a fearful face, their own amygdala fired. In other words, they became afraid. Okay, so just seeing a fearful face, you catch that fear. But here's the good news. The moment that he told them to label the face they saw, Fear, the amygdala disengaged. So the moment you spot a cue, if you know what it is, it immediately disengages it. That is that hidden language that I felt like I was missing is these cues were being sent to me everywhere by everyone, positive and negative, and I was missing them. And so I felt totally out of control. I felt like I was constantly leaving myself. And I, I was like, I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm so drained learning to spot them was that is the way that we disengage. So yeah, if you're in the office or you're with someone talking and they send you something negative, merely saying, I saw that contempt, I saw that smirk, I'm not gonna let it affect me, that actually disengages that part of your brain. Because mm-hmm. how consciously aware is the other person of doing it? You know, I think mm-hmm. some people are kind of unconscious in, in their actions. So what's that? Because I think if you were, so you take the break, Mm-hmm. If you were to, do you bring it to them? Like, do you make it a conversation? What do you think? That's the hard part. I mean, you know, social assertiveness, I think is like a very secret communication skill that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Being socially assertive means you're stating your boundaries respectfully and clearly, and you're calling people on cues or things you don't understand or don't like. Yes. Um, so you have choice, right? You can say to someone, hey, are you okay? All good? Or you can directly address it. You know, you say you're being, you say you're fine, but you don't look fine. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. sure you're fine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like, are we good here? All good? Any questions? Hey, let's pause here. I want to check in with everyone. How are we feeling? Mm-hmm. So like I do that during team meetings constantly. Whenever I see a negative cue, I'll be like, are we all good? Because a lot of times it has nothing. I've learned. Mm-hmm. I used to think it has to do with me, right? I used to be like, oh, they hate me. They hate me. They're judging me. I said something dumb. But actually when I started to check in, it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with them. Yeah. And so when I would check in and be like, hey, like, let's pause for a second. Are we all good? They'd be like, you know what? I'm just, I don't know if I can make that deadline. And I realized the cue of social rejection I saw was actually their own nervousness. Oh my goodness, that was freeing. So I do think that addressing them in a really like soft, safe way, being socially assertive in that way, actually you'll find out so much information that maybe is not about you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose. And follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.